And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. I went on a, a missions trip to Africa one time, and my job um, was to document the trip. The pastor wanted me to document it through video and photographs so that the church back home could see all that we were doing as a church in this community. And, and so I went and uh, even put my kids through torture by showing them uh, all these pictures of African animals when I got home. And they were like, enough already, Dad. We've seen like a million pictures. But um, so we went on this mission trip and, and we get out to, to the church and it was a, almost two weeks long. And I just got so tired of just taking pictures, of just doing video. I mean, I felt like I was not contributing like everybody else was. And so I asked them if I could do, um, do some uh, uh, help. And I'm not a construction guy, and you'll see that here in just a moment. But um, they said, yeah. And so they were, they were, they were cutting these benches uh, to put inside the church. And the church um, was just a sheet metal that was kind of propped up, and, and it had a dirt floor. And and so my job was to take a saw, not a circular saw, but one of the, the ones that you kind of have to manually cut, and they would draw a line on the bench, and I would have to cut that. And um, the first one, I got going, and I got about halfway, and it started kind of drifting off the line further and further. And one of the African guys came up to me, and he took my saw away, and he said, you no cut, you take pictures. <laughs> and I, I tell you what, I... I felt like I lost my man card right there. Um, but uh, that was an awesome, awesome, awesome experience. We look forward to maybe doing a trip uh, here in the near future. But um, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Ryan. I have the honor of serving here as lead pastor. And we've been in a, a series this summer called Influencers. And what we've been doing is taking a look at different people in the Bible, and we've been asking a, a kind of important question that if they were here today, like if they could kind of fast forward in their life, if they could come down out of heaven and be with us in a worship service, which boy, that would draw a crowd, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, if they were here with us today, what kind of advice would they give us so that we could live a life that God has, has, has really designed for us to live. And today I want to I talk to you about a guy in the Bible that maybe you've heard of. His name is Isaiah. I want to talk about Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. Uh, he was around about 800 years before Jesus. And if they made uh, writing books of the Bible um, an Olympic event, uh, Isaiah would have just missed out on the podium because the book of Isaiah is the fourth longest book in the Bible uh, behind Genesis and Jeremiah. And then what is the longest? Anybody got a guess of what the longest book of the Bible is? Psalms. Yes, ding, ding, ding. You're the winner. Psalms. So Isaiah is kind of fascinating uh, to me because God gave him a, a really cool gift. God gave him the gift to be able to, to have dreams and to be able to see things in the spiritual realm that other people couldn't see. And so God used Isaiah really as his mouthpiece, as God would communicate 
to his people, he would communicate through Isaiah, and Isaiah would be the prophet telling people what the Lord is saying to them. And so today as we look at Isaiah and we consider the, the, the idea of what's, what's a piece of advice that, that Isaiah might give to us today to help us be all that God has called us to be, I think that, I think that one of the things that Isaiah would tell us is this, is that God can't honor the promise if we don't honor the process. That God can't honor the promise in our life if you and I don't honor the process. And I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Isaiah said this, whether you turn to the right or to the left. So in other words, no matter where you're going in life, no matter what you've done to this point, no matter how many good decisions you made, how many bad decisions you made, Isaiah is telling us that your ears will hear a voice behind you. That our ears will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it. Friend, God has a specific direction for you and for I to walk in our lives. And today, with Isaiah's help, I hope to help us see what that process might be. If you got your Bible, make your way to Isaiah chapter 6 and as you're doing that, uh, let's go to the Lord and just prepare our hearts today. If you're new uh, here today, welcome. Uh, at this point, we kind of con- uh, say a congregational prayer as a way to prepare our hearts. So with your best uh, voice, say this aloud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm 45 years old. I, um, I've had the honor of being um, in ministry now for about 21 years. And, and being in ministry for 21 years, I've, I've had the opportunity to be able to work with, to, to hang out with, to be able to minister to really people that have been in all sorts of stages of life. And one of the things that I've just really observed in those 21 years is that most people, if not just about everybody that I've come into contact with, they would say that they genuinely want God's best in their life. Let me ask this question. How many of you want God's absolute best in your life? Yeah, like three or four. Nice. We all, I mean, most of us want God's best in our life. And the problem isn't that there's this lack of desire to have his best. The problem is, is that you and I often go about it the wrong way. And today I want you to see the process of what God wants to do in our lives in order for us to experience his best, because I believe that if we'll honor God's process to things, that he will honor his promise to us. And so if you're taking notes today, um, the first uh, part of the process that I want to just mention today is that our greatest pain can be a catalyst for our greatest gain. That our greatest pain can be a catalyst for our greatest gain. Here's something that, that you need to understand about God's process for your life. You've got to understand that God often speaks to us when we're hurting the most. 
that he often speaks to us when we're hurting the most. And the reason why that's important for you and I to understand is because most of the time, what's our response when things get difficult? What's our response when we begin to experience some pain in life? Our natural tendency is not to go to God, it's to pull away from God. And we see Isaiah here in chapter 6, and he kind of has his own experience of going through a difficult time and what began to happen in his life as he leaned into God rather than pulling away from God. We see in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, and I want to stop there, I can't go super deep, but this was a low moment for Isaiah. It was a low moment for Isaiah because King Uzziah was, was arguably the best king that Israel had ever had. And as King Uzziah began to age and get older, he began to make some really poor choices in his life. And so the entire country now is under just chaos and darkness. And Isaiah is experiencing this low moment this kind of dark moment in his life as King Uzziah dies, and he says this. He says, I saw the Lord, that I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, that above him were seraphim, meaning angels, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying, and and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then in verse 4, we see that at the sound of their voices, look at this, that the doorpost and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. You know, I don't know about you, but I've noticed in my life that when I go through some painful seasons, when I go through some dark times, that oftentimes the, the, what I kind of have attached my life to begins to shake, like the foundation of what I've kind of built my life upon begins to shake. And we see this in Isaiah's life. And I think about like even all of our journeys over the last year, year and a half, and, and we've seen with with COVID and we've seen how, how it's caused us to kind of relook or, or take another look at our relationship with God, to take another look at the way that we live our lives and, and what we do. Like, like COVID, we have seen how unstable our world really is. That in one little virus could disrupt the entire world the way that it has disrupted the entire world. And and what happens in our life in dark and, and, and difficult moments is it begins to shake the very things that we have built our lives upon. You know, I don't know about your journey over the last 12 months or 18 months, but COVID has, has shook the, the foundations of many of our faith in God. Many of the kind of church growth experts are saying that at a very bare minimum, that 25% of the people that attended church before COVID won't attend church after COVID. At the very bare minimum, that we have seen that COVID has caused us to really get a better glimpse, a better picture of where our lives are spiritually. 
And how much maybe we've relied upon the church rather than our own personal relationship with God. Listen, when we face difficulty in our life, when we are going through low moments in our life, I think Isaiah would challenge us to not run away from God, to not pull away from God, but to lean in to God. Because if we don't, we miss out on the opportunity to hear what he has to say about the situation that we're in. Take a look at this. This is what God's going to do next in the process. So as difficulty comes, as we choose to lean into God rather than to pull away from God, that when we see God clearly, we will see ourselves clearly. That we're going to see God clearly, and when that happens, we're going to see ourselves clearly. And I think a lot of people, I'm going to be just kind of honest, I think a lot of people get stuck right here in the process. They get stuck here and they never go any further in their relationship with God. And as a result, they never really allow God to do the inner work that he's wanting to do in their lives in order to be all that God has created them to be. Look here in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Isaiah, he says, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. Now, you would, you would think that this crushing moment was all about King Uzziah, and it had a part to play in it. But God was using this experience in Isaiah's life to help Isaiah see some things within himself. Look what he says, For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah right here is just, he's recognizing that not only not only are there some bad people and not only are there some bad things going on, but, but Isaiah is kind of in the, looking in the mirror that there's some bad things here. That as Isaiah gets a picture of God and, and, and the perfectness of God, that he's also seeing how infallible he is. He's seeing how, how, how much he falls short. He's seeing the things within his life that, that, that need to be more in alignment with God. And he says, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And friend, you need to know that God is definitely wanting to go there in your life. Like God wants to go there in your life. God wants to, to have these moments and opportunities to be able to, to help you see the areas of your life that might be out of alignment with him. That that is part of the process. And if we don't allow him to reveal some attitudes, some emotions, maybe some jealousy, maybe the way that we've treated some people in our lives, like if we don't ever allow God to reveal those things in our life, then we never give him an opportunity to bring healing to us and to the people that we love the most. And so we see this begin to happen, this, this process, and here's what happens next as we begin to allow God to see um, or, or to allow us ourselves to be able to see the imperfections in our life. Number three, that God removes our past so that you and I, our future can be redeemed. That he removes our past so that our future can be redeemed. 
And as somebody that has, has not lived a perfect life, as somebody that has um, a story that most people are shocked to hear when they see me because they assume that I grew up in church, they assume that, that I've had my life together like ever since I was born, like I'm far from it. And as a guy who recognizes that God wants to remove the past that there is a forgiveness of the past, that it is under the blood, and that God wants to do mighty things through you despite your past. Like this is a huge thing that you've got to understand and to believe in your relationship with the Lord in order to experience his best. In uh, verse uh, six through eight, it says that then one of the seraphim flew to me. Isaiah here at the altar with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And the altar is important to know that, that in these days, that's where the blood was shed for the remission of sins. For us in the New Testament, the altar is the cross of Christ. It's where he laid his life down so that you and I could be forgiven of the sins that we commit in our life. And And Isaiah says in verse 7, with it, that he touched my mouth. And he said, this has touched your lips, that your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Friends, somebody, somebody's here today, somebody's watching online or listening to the the podcast later in the week, and, and you've messed up in your life. Like you've You've made some bad choices. You have fallen short. You have done some really bad things in your life. And here we see that there is this redemption that that God wants to do in our lives where he's not just taking away the sin. He's not just forgiving us of the sin, but he's taking the guilt away as well. And so many times what we do in life is we kind of hang on to the guilt of our past. We kind of, some of us carry that guilt around almost like a badge of honor. We feel like it's going to give us kind of special bonus points with God because we feel really bad about what we did. But, but I think if we were really honest with ourselves that when we choose to hold on to the guilt of things that God has already forgiven us for, it's almost like a slap in the face to Jesus. A slap in the face to Jesus because we are telling Jesus that your sacrifice wasn't good enough for the sin that I committed. And God wants you to know today that when you go before him and you ask him for forgiveness and as you allow yourself to walk this process, those low moments where you want to run away from God, but you choose to lean in and, and then those moments in the process where you, you see God and you allow him to, to do kind of an inner work within your life that he wants to take your past and he wants to throw it out and that no longer defines who you are and what he wants to do in your life. Listen, if you hang on to your yesterdays, you will never experience God's tomorrows in your life. And it doesn't stop at that point because there is a reason why God forgives us. There's a reason why he takes away our guilt. We see in verse 8, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I sinned, and who will go for us? And I love this part. 
as a guy who's got plenty of baggage in his own life, as a guy who's made plenty of mistakes in his own life. I love this part that Isaiah is saying because God looks at a once unclean man in Isaiah and he says, I see a candidate. I see somebody that can carry my message of hope to the world. I think you need to notice here that God, God doesn't force Isaiah to do it, that he invites Isaiah to do it. And Isaiah responds with a grateful heart. He says this, he says, here I am, send me. Like if you're a movie guy, this is what I hear. I hear Isaiah saying, I'm your huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. And somebody needs to hear that today. That God is inviting you out of the shadows of your past, out of the guilt of your past, into an amazing future. A future that he has designed specifically for you to make an impact and a difference in the lives of other people. So if you and I, if we truly want to experience God's best in our life, we've got to lean in in difficult seasons. Instead of running from God, we've got to run to God. And when we get there, we've got to allow God to do some of the deep healing work that needs to be done in our heart. And here's the reason why. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it tells us that for the eyes of the Lord that it run to and fro, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In other words, he's looking, folks. Like you may have your list of reasons why you disqualify yourself from all that God has for you, but he's looking around. And he knows that you and I will never experience all that he has for us if we don't have something in our life that's bigger than ourselves. If we don't have something in our life that is making a difference in the lives of other people. And so if that's the process that God has on us, I want to I want to give you three quick action steps of how you walk this process out in your life. And here it is. This is how you walk it out. The first one is this. You got to go all in. You've got to go all in. If you want all that God has for you, that you've got to make a, de- a, a decision to quit straddling the fence and you've got to go all in with him. Jeremiah said it this way in chapter 29, verse 13. He said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Like God is saying that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Notice there's a condition here that finding God, that we've got to seek him with all of our heart. And when you and I stop that pursuit in our lives, we begin to grow complacent. We begin to plateau in our relationship with God. And I think if, if you were being honest today with yourself, that there might be some of you that, that would say that, that, that you are the one behind the steering wheel of your own spiritual journey, not God. 
And God keeps kind of tugging you in a certain direction, tugging you towards his best in your life. And for whatever reason, whether it's fear, whether you're scared, whether it's, 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 it's the guilt of your past or your own inability to see what your potential, whatever it is, God is tugging you in one direction and you keep pulling against it. And I kind of think of it like this. My wife, Andrea, in her car, she's got this button that's right in the center console area that's called Lane Assist. I don't know if you've got one of those buttons in your car, but lane assist. And what that does is when you're driving in a lane and you begin to veer out of the the boundaries of the lane, it kind of tugs the wheel. It puts a little bit of tension on the wheel so that you pull back and you stay in the lane. Now, when I'm driving, I turn that button off because I can't stand that. But this past weekend, we shot over to Jacksonville for a day and uh, we took my car and my car doesn't have lane assist and Andrea had to drive as I was kind of preparing on some things and, and she was driving. She said, I didn't realize how bad of a driver I am without lane assist keeping me in my lane. And the Holy Spirit is your lane assist. And the Holy Spirit, as you are driving, God's got a path and a direction for your life. And you and I, naturally, our human tendency is to not go that direction because we think that we've got a better direction and we start to veer off. And we begin to sense the the check of the Holy Spirit beginning to kind of gently pulling us back into the lane. And here's the thing about that lane assist is that if I want to switch lanes without my blinker, I can do it, but I'm going to feel it. Like it's going to pull on me a little bit, but I can go if I want to go. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in some of your lives today, that, that you've been kind of drifting and the Holy Spirit has been trying to kind of pull you back on the direction, the path that he has for you. And, and in your life, you've taken some times where you've kind of forced yourself out in your own direction and the reason why he's tugging you, the reason why he's, he's trying to pull you back into the lane is because he knows best the way that he's designed you and what's going to fulfill you the most. Here's what you need to know about God. It doesn't matter how scary it is. It don't matter what it is that he's tugging on you to do, that if you'll follow him, you'll be the happiest you've ever been in your life, period. It don't matter. Even if it feels scary, Even if you don't see what he's doing in the process, if you will be faithful and take a step, you will see with all of your heart that God knows how he's wired you. And he knows what's going to fill this tank on the inside. And that's why the psalmist said this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist is like, trust me, taste and see that what God has for your life, that it is good. The second action step that that you just need to see today is you've got to take the next step. You've got, you can't quit taking steps in your spiritual journey. I want to invite our worship team to kind of prepare behind me and grant on the keys, but listen, God loves you just the way you are. He does. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. 
I'm a parent and I've got three kids. And there's times that I've disciplined my kids because there's more potential that I see in them than they see in themselves. And that's God's perspective on each one of us. That he sees more potential in us than we can see in ourselves. I mean, think about this for just a moment. When was the last time that you did something that you didn't want to do because you felt God was leading you to do it? When was that? When was the last time that you abandoned being comfortable to pursue what God is stirring in your heart? I love how it's put here in 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 2, like newborn babies. And there's something about the New Testament, how our spiritual walk, we get compared to, to babies in this progression of, of not just being a baby in our faith in God, but, but growing up. And, and we see here, like newborn babies, that you must crave pure spiritual milk. This word crave, it, it, it implier, implies that there's this, this kind of hunger on the inside for the things of God. And today, like, think about this. Like, if you had to rate your hunger for God between one and ten, one being the lowest and ten being just crazy, insane hunger for God, like, where would you fall between one and ten? The question isn't designed to bring guilt. The question is designed to help you see. The reason why hunger is important in our lives is it says right here in 1 Peter, so that you and I, that we can grow into a full experience of salvation. Friend, what you are experiencing of God right now is not the end of the road, it's the beginning. That if you could just grasp that God has so much more, the Bible says immeasurably more than you could ever ask or think. But how do you tap into that? You tap into it by getting hungry again. First Peter says, cry out for this nourishment now that, that you've had a taste, the Lord's kindness like you've had a taste and at some point along the way that that God's moved in your life he's done something in your life but we see here in scripture that now there's a time to cry out for more more of what God has more of what he has for your marriage, more of what he has for your grandkids, for your life, for your occupation, for your ministry, more. And friend, if you and I want a fresh encounter with God, it's going to require us to take steps. Maybe some of you, for a period of time, you've kind of, you've been on the same step for a long time. And like any of us that are on a step for a long time, and we get tired, we get complacent, 
kind of go through the motions. The reason why we experience those feelings in our life is because we've stayed here too long. We've outlived the lifespan of the step that God has us for. And so some of you today, maybe you've been kicking the tires of God and kicking the tires of church and and maybe your step today is to, to quit kicking the tires and surrender your life to God. Maybe for you today, you've, you've accepted Christ into your heart, but you've never taken your faith public through water baptism. Maybe that's the step that God is calling you to take this morning, or maybe... Maybe you're consistent. Maybe you, maybe you come to church, but you've never really taken the step to start serving and being a part of making a difference in the lives of others. Or maybe you've been a follower of Christ for a while. Maybe you've been serving, but you've never taken that financial step to be obedient with your tithes and offerings. Listen, church, it might be easy for you to think that I'm pushing you towards something that I want, but I'm pushing you towards God's purpose for your life. That if you grow complacent on the step you're standing on, you'll never experience all that God has for you because your best days are always, your best days are always on the other side of your obedience. And then the last one, the last action step is you got to get in the game. You got to get in the game. That you have a place in God's grand design, but God never saves anybody so they can become a spiritual couch potato. Never. That for somebody today, it's, it's time to get in the game. Isaiah would say in Isaiah 60, arise and shine. That somebody needs to hear that this morning, that it's time to arise and shine. It's time to get out of the stands. It's time to get to quit watching the game, and it's time to arise and shine. Look, friend, our world needs God more than ever before. And I'll tell you right now, Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't their only hope. You are. You are. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness and over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Do you know what's going to happen? When you arise and shine, that nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Would you bow your head with me today? Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. That as Isaiah would say to us today, Father, we've got to honor the process. 
before you can honor the promise. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for staying on the step that we're on for too long. Forgive us, Lord, for being comfortable. Forgive us for growing complacent. Lord, I pray that you would stir within us a craving, Lord, a passion for your word and for your people and for this community. And that, Father, we would would have the courage as we prayed in the beginning, the courage, Lord, to arise and shine. To arise and shine so that nations will come to your light and people the brightness of your dawn. With every head bowed and eye closed this morning, maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and you'd say, Ryan, I know what my next step is. My next step is I, I got to get right with God. I got to get right with God. I've been kind of straddling the fence and, and I can feel the Holy Spirit. I can feel the lane assist of God pulling me back into a right relationship with God. Friend, listen, this is the most important step of your entire life because a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step like to experience all that God has for you, you got to first be God. Friend, if that's you today with every head bowed and eye closed, I'm not going to ask you to stand or come forward, but I do want to pray with you today. So right there where you are, if you would just kind of slip your hand up so I can see your hand just as a, just as a, a declaration to the Lord that, that God, I want to get my life right. Maybe for you, it's the first time that you've made this decision or maybe you've prayed this prayer many times before, but you feel the gap. You feel the distance between you and God and you want this to be a moment, the reset moment where you come back in alignment with all that God has for you. Listen, if you raised your hand today, repeat this with me out loud. Church family, say this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Forgive me for living life my way. Today, I choose to surrender to you. Come live inside of me and change me into the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth 
and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.